pet pocketbook when I first came up with the idea was a decade ago. And Russell came about five years ago. <laughs> so that was a long journey to, you know, it, it was a chicken and the egg issue of you needed to have something there to prove to people that there's something here that's worth their time. If you don't already know someone who can do the job and who's already a friend in your network, right? Welcome to the Wear, Wag, Repute podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week. Sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. In this episode, I am talking to Diana Ackleman, a pet tech entrepreneur who founded Pet Pocketbook. Her app helps pet sitters and dog walkers run their business so they can focus on what they're passionate about, caring for pets. I was interested to learn that Diana has been working on this business for 10 years, and the app is still invitation only. We talked about how important it is to stay persistent and never give up on your dreams. It can take years to find the right people to bring your vision to life, and then years beyond that to get feedback from customers to fine-tune your product into something that is functional, looks good, and helps people. I also enjoyed hearing Diana's story of going from dog mom to human mom and the challenges that came with that. She is passionate about bringing attention to the fact that we shouldn't be expected to swoop in and instantly become super moms or super bosses or super dog moms. This whole journey can be pretty scary. Diana points out that often the scariest part is the unknown. So she is a big believer in doing a lot of prep work. Listening to her story, I saw a lot of similarities between how she prepared to run a business to how she prepared to be a dog mom to her Siberian husky, Remington, and how she prepared to become a mom to her daughter. You are going to enjoy getting to know Diana. She is so relatable and so easy to talk to. As we near the end of the year, I am excited to share that this podcast will be hitting 250 episodes at the end of December. I need your help to put together a best of episode. Please reach out and let me know about your favorite podcast interviews and moments. You can DM me on Instagram at where, wag, repeat, or if you're on my email list, just hit reply to any email. Diana Ackleman is the founder of Pet Pocketbook, an all-in-one software platform that gives you everything you need to run your dog walking or pet sitting business. Her journey in pet tech began with her now seven-year-old Siberian Husky, Remington. In preparation for bringing a new puppy into the family, Diana met a lot of local pet professionals, and she was surprised to discover that in an, era, in an era when there was an app for everything, most pet care businesses were still running their operations on pen and paper or Excel spreadsheets. So Pet Pocketbook was born. Now their team of seven, mostly based in the greater Boston area, serves dog walkers and pet sitters across the U.S., Canada, and Australia. 
In addition to Remington and Pet Pocketbook, Diana is now also mom to the sweetest little 15-month-old baby girl named Josie. And with the help of her pack, she is learning the ropes of balancing life in this new role. Hi, Diana. Hi, Tori. Thanks for having me. Yes, welcome to the podcast. You have a lot going on, and I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Hands full all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess right now, uh, as I'm talking to you, right next to you is your dog, Remington. Um, So he's the inspiration, or or he kind of sparked the inspiration um, for Pet Pocket Books. So if you wouldn't mind kind of going, going back in time, Um, and telling us how you came up with this idea. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I guess I always knew that I wanted to start my own business one day. Um, It actually goes back to growing up with a small family business. My parents actually immigrated to the U.S. when I was maybe one. Um, They started from scratch with absolutely nothing but the clothes on their backs, as the saying goes, right? And as far as back as I could remember, they were gone for work before I got up and often worked late into the night after I went to bed. And I watched as they did that day in and day out to build a computer hardware business um, that eventually put me through college. So I saw firsthand the blood, sweat, and tears that they put into their business. And I also saw just how rewarding that could be, right? Um, and fast forward to Pet Pocketbook, you know, this was, God, a decade ago at this point. I really feel old. Um, my then fiance, now husband, um, and I were super excited about the possibility of, you know, finally getting a dog together. And I'm a huge like type A planner. Um, so in advance of that, I spent a ton of time on research looking for the right type of dog, right? For our family, given our lifestyle. Um, but also to f- make sure that we were finding pet professionals who can actually help us with training, with keeping our pup well socialized and exercised. And in that research, I realized that nothing really existed um, to help us find the right pet care providers that we could afford and trust. And that was super surprising for me because I felt like there was an app to help us find and book anything, right? Um, And pets are such an important part of our lives. And I was like, why wasn't there something for the pet care space? Um, At the same time, I had just gotten to business school um, and I was wrapping up my last year as a growth investor. So I was spending a lot of time thinking about what I wanted to do next. And a big part of my job as an investor was to build relationships with entrepreneurs who we might invest in one day. And after spending three years getting to know entrepreneurs from all walks of life, um, I was really inspired by their stories, by their gumption, by their courage, right, to put themselves on the line in order to make something that they believed in a reality. Um, And I felt like if there was a real need to be addressed here, I thought maybe this was what I was meant to do. Um, So it's like, I don't know if you've seen the movie Ratatouille. Maybe you have. But like Chef Gusteau had that motto, like anyone can cook, right? Um, And I was like, maybe I'd be the linguine of the story. So, I mean, like I always grew up like with dogs. I love dogs. I had two growing up. Um, One was actually a stray that we rescued off the street um, from neighborhood kids who were actually throwing rocks at her. But that's another story. Um, And it was also an opportunity to support small business, which has special meaning for me having seen my parents' struggles as small business owners themselves. So while I was in school, I did a ton more market research, industry reports, competitive analyses, mass surveys, um, networking, and of course, talking to as many business owners in the space as I could. And the more that I learned about the pet care community, the more I sort of fell in love with it. 
Um, most of the business owners I met came into this profession out of this shared passion for animals. And of course, like we all need to make a living, but you know, nowhere else in the business world have I seen such a collaborative and com- like supportive community where it wasn't uncommon that a business owner might refer a prospective client to someone else because they were like, oh, your pack is a better fit for the dog. Um, and there was just such an openness to sharing knowledge, whether that's best practices for group walks or like tips about hiring and retaining staff. And so the more that I learned, the more excited I became about building a platform that'll not only make the lives easier for pet, pet uh, for pet professionals, but also to help these businesses really thrive. Um, so ultimately, that's how I came to the conclusion that we needed to focus first on building software for pet care providers like dog walkers and pet sitters to help them streamline and automate as much as we can, right? The things that are painful about running a business, like the scheduling logistics and invoicing, um, so that they could actually focus on what they really love doing, which was caring for our pets. And sort of the rest was history from there. I love it. Well, and you touch on like so many, so many things. <laughs> I had to bite my tongue there because I was like, I love all of this. And and I think that it is, it is so collaborative. And I think that it's amazing because like you are starting your own small business that is then supporting all these other small businesses. And, and I think in my observation that, um, most pet care businesses are women. Um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of times, um, they're doing it by themselves or they have a small staff. And so being able to help that particular demographic, I think is just really wonderful. Um, and I love, I love that you're a woman owned business, of course, (laughs) otherwise you wouldn't be here. Uh, (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's just fantastic. And I think that it's interesting because it's interesting that you saw this kind of like hole in the market because there are definitely some apps that are like the consumer facing how find a dog walker, whatever, um, which not sure how trustworthy some of those are, but, um, (laughs) there aren't a lot of options on like the business end, um, how to run your business. And I think a lot of, a lot of people in all areas of the pet industry get into it because they have this passion for the pets and for what they do, but they don't realize oh, you have to like also be a marketing expert and a graphic designer and customer service and you have to do everything. And it's just, it's a lot. So that's where your your app kind of comes in to take off some of that weight. Absolutely. Absolutely. So is Pet Pocketbook a a place where um, dog owners can go to search for a care provider or is it really just for the dog walkers and sitters to run their business? I'll say not yet and leave okay. it at that. <laughs> Didn't mean to put you on the spot with that, but I was just was okay. curious. <laughs> so if someone um, ha- has a pet business already, like let's just say they have a dog walking business and they're currently running that through like a series of text messages, emails, DMs, mm-hmm. I don't know, smoke signals, however else their <laughs> clients are communicating with them, right? It's like right. all over the place. Yeah. What is the what is the process for them to onboard to something like Pet Pocketbook? Well, I, I feel like different software solutions are different um, in the way that they approach onboarding a new company onto their platform. Um, but for us, um, we really pride ourselves in taking a very personal approach to this. Um, so we've added a personal touch into every step of our customer journey that starts from the sales demo itself 
to the actual on- onboarding process and the account setup. And then when you're actually set up with us, you know, we also set up a billing overview for before your first set of invoices or are actually about to go out because we know everyone's nervous about that. Um, so we want to be there for you. Um, and of course, at the end of the trial, a feedback call as well to understand what's been working, what's not been working so that we can continually work on improving our product. And the important thing for us is that at the end of the day, everybody runs their businesses differently. They come from a different set of tools. And, you know, these, all these touch points are opportunities for us to really understand where people are coming from, what they're actually struggling with and whether or how we can best help. And where there is enough fit too, like we try to be upfront about that as much as possible, as early as possible as well. So we're not wasting any time, anyone's time either. Um, but I think the, the important part for us is being there every step of the way, you know, even including, um, importing, um, someone's existing client data, which is always the most overwhelming, like daunting task to think about when transitioning a platform, right? Um, and we'll handle that for our clients for free upfront as part of their um, process of getting started with a free trial. Oh, that's really awesome. So as as much as pet sitters and, and dog walkers have to kind of like do everything, it sounds like you also have to kind of like do everything. Um, but you, you are lucky to have been able to grow your team. So now you have seven people working with you. Um, what was the that's first right. position that you hired? Um, what did you think was like the first thing that you wanted to get help with? Well, that's a, that's not a hard one because it's a software business and I'm not a software engineer. <laughs> so over the years, you know, I've worn probably every possible hat you can imagine except for that. So the very first thing was to find someone um, who I could work with, who I could rely on to really lead um, our team on the engineering side of things. And I'm so thankful to have Russell, who's our chief architect, um, who's been with us now since gosh, maybe it's been five years now since 2017, um, who's really led the effort from the hiring front on the engineering side of things, um, architecting our product and our, our platform on the back end. And and what are some of the challenges? Because I, I think with an app, a lot of us are like, oh, well, can the app do this? Can it do that? But like sometimes it's a lot more complicated to get it to do these things. So what have been some of the challenges, I guess, of creating an app like this? Um, well, I'll tell you that first challenge is that first step of getting to Russell in the first place. Um, you know, we were talking about like thinking back, well, what was something that I wish that I had known? <laughs> right. That, that I know now. Um, and one of the biggest things initially when I was getting started that I was struggling with was, well, do I just start and go for it now? Or do I go do something else first to get a better sense of what I'm about to get myself into so that I know what to expect and what pitfalls to, to expect and, and can account for those? Um, and the important part of that, too, that I kind of missed a little bit was the opportunity to network with other people in the community who could end up one day being on our team. Right. And it was so hard. I mean, the pet pocketbook, when I first came up with the idea, was a decade ago. and Russell came about five years ago. <laughs> so that was a long journey to, you know, it, it was a chicken and the egg issue of you needed to have something there to prove to people that there's something here that's worth their time. If you don't already know someone who can do the job and who's already a friend in your network, right? 
And so that that part of it was really tough. We had a lot of trial and error with contractors, contract developers. Um, there were a lot of mistakes there, I will say. Um, but again, I'm thankful to have ultimately found Russell, and and that was that was a big step in in terms of building our team. A big yeah. one for us. Yeah, it, it seems like you just everyone you just have to go through some kind of disasters <laughs> in order to to figure out what to even ask for sometimes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so now you oversee the team. Are you managing the team kind of that works for you? Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry if I phrased phrased that weirdly. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it that way because we all serve our own respective functions, right? Um, Everyone on the team has their own specialty and there's a special part of of the of the process that they own themselves. Um, so as I talked about with Russell, he owns um, everything on the engineering side of things. Um, and we have a lead mobile developer who owns everything in terms of our mobile app. Um, we have Courtney who focuses on the sales side of things, who focuses on our demos in that, in that part of the process. And Patrick who focuses on once they've come through and decided to actually start a trial with us, like that entire journey for customer success and making sure that they're happy and getting what they need out of the platform. Um, and of course, Nicole, who, re- who joined us most recently, right? Who's finally here to help us spread the word about Pet Pocketbook, because this is definitely something that we hadn't really been doing before. Um, and, you know, a lot of our past growth had primarily been based on word of mouth from our existing client base. So I'm super glad that she's here to, to, to help more people be able to discover us. Um, and my function, aside from sort of overseeing a lot of these other places, is really on the finance side of things, as well as most importantly, my favorite part of the job is on the product design side of things. Um, you know, from a design perspective, you know, we're fortunate to have a lot of clients who are just as invested in our success as we are in theirs. Um, so we get a lot of feedback, which is great. And we're so thankful for that. Um, and this feedback typically, though, comes in the form of feature suggestions, as you were saying, and observations about what's working, what's not working. And the tough part is to then distill that information, digest it, and dig deeper to really understand the issue. So taking a step back from the su- suggestions around how we should be solving problems to first understanding the what. Like, what problem are we actually trying to solve? What is the end goal that we're trying to accomplish? And then maybe we can take a step back and be able to find a more elegant solution that could potentially solve multiple problems at the same time. Um, because at the end of the day, something that's really important to us and that's really important to me from a product design standpoint is that even as our app becomes more and more robust over time, um, we want it to continue to still feel simple and approachable and inviting the way that it currently feels instead of overwhelming and complicated, as many people have often found with other software. Yeah. Okay. So, so you are managing a lot of, a lot of different elements and all these different people. And it's, I think it's interesting to point out to, to people, um, that you have, you had this idea 10 years ago and you've been working (laughs) on it for, you know, seven, five plus years, you know, and then you're, you're now just kind of putting together this bigger marketing plan to get the word out more. So, you know, things are not an overnight 
success. Um, and I, I'm, you know, I, I think back to like your story of your parents um, and how long it took them to build up their business. So, you know, there's no overnight success. Absolutely. It's just, it's a lot of brute force and persistence and hustling. I mean, I remember the early days of um, taking Remington with me. He's been there with me since the beginning of going on trains and Ubers um, and going in the T to like go meet clients from all across the greater Boston area to actually sit down with them and have face-to-face conversations to understand, okay, what does your situation look like today? Let me show you what we have right now. Would this be helpful for you? If not, what should we be doing? And that has been our North Star, or our guiding star during throughout our entire journey as as Pet Pocketbook has um, come to where it is today, which is to look to our clients to help us figure out what should be on our product roadmap um, and how we should be prioritizing it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing more important than just talking face to face with you like your end users, basically. Exactly, but you know you really have to find your support network um, to make this work because it's it's hard. It's not all rainbows and unicorns and sunshine. Um, there's there's a lot of challenges and struggles along the way. And I can't emphasize enough just the brute force persistence and hard work um, to make it happen. Yeah. Just never give up. Mm-hmm. What's it been like adjusting um, from dog mom life to human mom life? <laughs> Honestly, it's been a bit crazy. Um, so my journey throughout all of this hadn't been super easy. Um, first of all, like, you know, w- one of the biggest things that when I look back on this journey on was initially just even the decision of having her in the first place. Um, you know, as a business owner, you're constantly thinking about, um, like there's 5 million things, um, that you have to do. Right. Um, and I always felt like there were more things that I could be doing that I should be doing for the business. And how would I ever have the time? Um, and I thought that maybe I'd have more time if we just reached the next milestone and then mo- next milestone and the next milestone for the company. But there's always going to be another milestone. And, you know, if you're like me, you're always going to feel guilty about that never ending list of things that still needs to get done. So you know, at the end of the day, we were just like, you know, we we always knew we have been married for almost a decade now as well. And we always knew that we wanted to have kids. And we're like, let's just do it. Like, we can make it work. We're going to make it work. <laughs> um, and it won't be easy. And it certainly hasn't been easy for us. Um, but seeing Josie smile, hearing her laugh and, you know, feeling her little hands grab onto my arm when I carry her up to bed, like all of that just makes it so worth it. And then once I was pregnant, then it was like, you know, I, I don't know about any, anybody else, but I'll be the first to admit that I was absolutely petrified. I mean, you think about that as like, oh my God, this is so exciting. It's such a beautiful adventure and journey to be on, which it all is. And that's not mutually exclusive, but it was, right. abs- I was absolutely petrified. It's all exciting, um, but it's, I think it would be very scary. It's very scary. <laughs> and it's okay to admit that. But I feel like when you talk to other people, you know, they're gi- they're giving you this the sunshine and unicorns and rainbows, you know, version of, of the story. But it's okay, I think, to admit that it's really scary. Um, just the concept of delivery, right? Like, how does that physically happen? <laughs> and I was like, my body is very uncomfortable. Like, and then how does that happen? 
And then what is going to happen to my body afterwards? Right. The thought of that was just incredibly, incredibly scary. Um, And then on top of that, once a human comes out, then you're responsible for another human. And I was just worried that, like, is there something that I could have possibly done that I didn't even realize that I did? that somehow messes her life, like messes her up for the rest of her life, you know, like not to mention how like overwhelming it was to just figure out all the things that we needed to get ready for the baby because it's our first child. And we had no idea like what we needed, um, how much we needed of it, or, you know, what are the things that we didn't know about that we should know about, but that we don't know about. (laughs) There's a lot of similarities listening to you talk about this to listening to you talking about launching the business. <laughs> you were like, yes. should I just dive in? Should I have a practice run? What should I do? <laughs> exactly. Well, and not to mention at the end of it all too, Pet Pocketbook was technically my first baby. Remington was technically, technically came in second t- timing wise, right? Right. And then, so with Josie, like how do I balance my new role as a mom, right? With my obligations to my business. Um, and I think the, the biggest thing that I learned through this process is that I wasn't alone and, you know, do all the soon to be moms out there, like you're not alone, right? Um, if we planned ahead and there are so many resources that we have, um, at our fingertips these days, um, you know, we'll get through this. Um, and I think when I was, um, pregnant with Josie, like one of the biggest things to think about was like, we needed to make sure that we had the right team in place to take over when I went into delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was actually when, you know, Courtney and Patrick came on board. You know, when I had Josie, they were only two, three, four months into the job. So, you know, props to them for, you know, coming up to speed and stepping up um, to, to be able to take over. Um, but, you know, like, I've always thought that I'd be able to also just bounce right back as well. Um, because I had other friends who had babies before me, some of whom I visited at the hospital the next day and they looked fabulous and they were out about and walking and everything was fine. Um, but I think, you know, that's not what we should be planning for (laughs) in hindsight. Um, my recovery process ended up taking months. Um, there was a complication that resulted in me basically not being able to get out of bed physically for like the first few weeks. And it was really hard. Um, and I didn't feel normal or a remote sense of normal until maybe four or five months later. And even today, I'm not like physically the normal, how I felt prior to having her. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's just a lot of adjusting. And I think we have to think about who are the people in our support network who can help us get through all of that? And with childcare, that could be family, right? That could be making sure that um, you've interviewed for nannies, if that's something that you're comfortable with. Or I didn't even realize that there's daycare programs for infants as, lo- as young as six weeks. That's kind of insane to me, but that exists as well, you know? So just like doing the so research. Finding what you what works for you. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Doing the research to figure out what options you have available that you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And then there's other resources too, like going back to the whole how scary it was, right? Um, like there's 
boot camps that exist. So there's a local company called Boston Naps um, in the greater Boston area that have these pre-baby boot camps where you go in for a week uh, for a weekend um, and they take you th- through a full day of everything to exp- that you can expect. Um, here are the things as you get closer and closer to your delivery. Here's what happens as you're going to the hospital. Here are some of the things to think about as you go through the delivery process. Here's some of the complications that could occur for you to think about in advance. And then afterwards, here's resources that are available for you. Um, and that was super valuable for me because I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Right. And part of what made it scary was the uncertainty. Um, and that was able to take out some of that uncertainty. Um, and I, I have good friends who are able to, um, who loved, uh, the on- online version of those classes. Um, there was a company called, I think, Tiny Hood, um, that offers similar, something similar like that online. Um, mm-hmm. so there's, there's all these resources that are out there as well. Um, and as a dog mom first before a human mom, then there was the anxiety of what am I going to do? Right. Right. With- do you feel like Remington kind of got left out a little bit of some stuff now that you have to split your attention? I mean, absolutely. I, Remington went with me everywhere. I mean, everywhere. I take pride in knowing that like he is probably one of the most well-socialized dogs that exists because he literally went on every mode of transportation and has been everywhere. Um, and since the baby, I mean, especially at the outset in the first month or two, I had physical limitations and there was just, you know, the baby required constant attention and time. Um, and it's just physically impossible to be able to devote the same amount of time to him that I did before. Um, but the good news is that doesn't last forever. Um, as you know, your baby grows older, like, there's fewer and fewer naps. They spend more and more time out and about doing activities. And we can always make sure to carve out that one-on-one time, right, with Remington. Um, so one of my favorite things to do with him as part of my daily routine is Josie goes off to her morning activity, whether that's a play date or a class or something. And then I have my one-on-one time with Remington. We go out for a nice walk, go grab my coffee. Um, and, you know, that's that's our time. And I feel like it's it's funny because when you hear about people talking about um, how to help kids adjust to a second child, it's almost that same process. <laughs> with, right. Give with them their dog. own like mommy and me time. They exactly. need that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, it's it's definitely been a journey. But in that process, too, and we were also introduced to this resource through Boston Naps, um, there's this uh, online uh, resource I, I follow their Instagram account called Dog Meets Baby. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. I have not. Uh, but it's all of this information about, um, it's almost like a, feels like a community in a way of um, dog moms who have babies and the struggles that we go through and the guilt that we feel and that it's okay to feel guilty. Um, and here are some of the things to you know, do or to think about in preparation for bringing a new baby home when you have already have a dog at home. Um, and it, and that was super helpful for me as well. Yeah, I love We'll definitely put the link to that in the show notes. And I, I also want to mention there's another person who's been on the podcast, um, Michelle, who has pooch parenting. Mm-hmm. And she's a dog trainer who specializes in bringing dogs home oh, cool. uh, or bringing babies home to dog households, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's an important um, or, part of the Or maybe process. vice versa too. I don't know. Um, basically like <laughs> having having kids and dogs together. Um, yes. So that's that's definitely great. Well, Diana, it's been so great to get to know you. And I think that everyone will appreciate like hearing the real person behind the business. I think that I love meeting everyone uh, on the podcast and I loved hearing your story. So um, where can everyone go to learn more about Pet Pocketbook and, and check out your app? Yeah, absolutely. So you can head to our website at www.petpocketbook.com. Um, we have our Facebook page as well, also just Pet Pocketbook, as well as Instagram. Um, our app is currently on an invite-only basis. So if you're interested, just reach out to us um, through our website and we'd be happy to, to hook you up. Um, but yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for um, making the time. I know <laughs> that there's lots of other people demanding your attention, so I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. What did you like most about this episode? Find me on Instagram at teamistic and let me know what intrigued you or what questions you have about starting or growing your own dog-inspired business. You can also screenshot this episode and tag me in your stories. I love to see who is listening out there. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode, right? So track me down over on Instagram or join the Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs Facebook group to connect with other dog-obsessed entrepreneurs. And as always, you can find all the links and resources discussed in this episode at wearwagrepeat.com slash podcast. See you back here next week.